Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Not Just Paleo. This is your host, Evan Brand. I hope you all are doing great out there. Today's episode is actually an interview that I did on my friend Wendy's show because I'm a little bit retarded and I forgot to check the box that says record computer audio when I did my show with my buddy in Hawaii. Anyway, long story short, the takeaway is to be more conscious during your workday today so that you don't make little mistakes that could have a larger impact. So anyways, that being said, this was recorded right before my book Rim Rehab came out. And so we get into sleep and food and hormones. So if you're on the fence about buying the book and the audio book, hopefully this may help you because I have a lot of good information in here and obviously it's free. So I'm sure you'll appreciate that. Uh, you know, my friend Wendy, she's been on the show multiple times, so it was always a, a blast to talk with her and go on her show, and she's pretty funny, her and her friend, have, we have a good time, so there's a lot of good laughs and talks about farts and stuff like that that uh, might brighten your day. So anyway, next week I'll have some really good content, and the next following weeks are just going to be great. I mean, Paleo FX just put a spark under my ass to get good content out there not that I haven't already but it just kind of gave me the the upper hand on my on my willpower you know you're always your your own worst enemy the the voice in your head is is more dangerous than anybody else out there so if you have that voice in your head telling you that you can't do something or that you're not good enough chances are you probably are good enough you just you really got to conquer that so anyway Go to rimrehab.com and check out the book after this episode if you're interested. So thanks for tuning in. Let's get into it. I'm your host, Wendy Myers, and you can find me on livetoone110.com. And if you only want to live to 90, my site is not for you. <laughs> so here is my podcast co-host, General Lee Lowry. Hi, everybody. I'm glad to be here with you today. You guys can find her on generallead.com. Go there if you want to learn how to eat, rest, sleep, and repeat. And I love her tagline on her site. And mm-hmm. she's got all kinds of stuff about fitness and nutrition on there. It's a really, really good site. Go check it out. And today we're going to be interviewing uh, one of my very good friends, Evan Brand, of notjustpaleo.com. And he has written a book where he's co-authored with Kevin Geary. It's called REM Rehab. And I highly recommend that you guys go out and get this book. It talks about, you know, all about how to improve your sleep and all the different things that can affect sleep, like your blood sugar and the timing of when you sleep, what impairs sleep, uh, supplements, and all the different tips that you need to get a good night's rest, which is the foundation of health. It's going to be an awesome show. But first, we have to do the disclaimer. So please keep in mind that this this program is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease or health condition, and it is not a substitute for professional medical advice. The Live to 110 podcast is solely informational in nature, so please consult your health care practitioner before trying anything that we suggest, any treatment that we suggest on this show. So here we go. Well, so Evan, so nice to have you on the show. Yeah, thank you. I'm really happy to be with you all. This is uh, an important topic to me because I was a miserable dude for a while uh, when it comes to sleep. So I think I have a pretty good, a pretty good handle on this thing now. Yeah, and you've been on the podcast before. You came. You were one of my third guests on the podcast. It was a Live to 110 classic about the paleo diet and ancestral fitness. You're big in the paleo thing yourself, and uh, I personally think that's one of that 
paleo diet is the foundation of getting good sleep. Uh, what is your opinion on that? I would say definitely, yeah. I mean, uh, it's actually provides the raw materials that you need to make the neurotransmitters which allow you to sleep. So in that sense, for sure, I mean, people that are excluding things from their diet, they may think that things in their diet are messing up the sleep, but things that aren't in your diet can mess up your sleep just as much, if not more. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, so talk about that a little bit, about how the the proteins um, in the meat make neurotransmitters. Yeah, well, it's... Um, it's a pretty complicated conversion process. I've looked at the chart, and those charts are always crazy, seeing how you know a certain raw material, an amino acid from your meat, actually turns into, uh, basically, eventually turns into melatonin. So it, you basically have to start by just explaining to people that meats are made up of amino acids, and these are essential. Many of them are essential. There's some non-essential amino acids, too, but we have to have meat. And there's no way around it. I wish there was for some people that don't like meat, but unfortunately, you have to have it in your diet to produce melatonin. And so it starts with tryptophan, and there's 10 essential amino acids, and tryptophan is just one of them. And so you have to have it to produce serotonin also. So if we start on the left of a chart, basically, you input food, uh, tryptophan is pulled from the food, that extra tryptophan can be converted to serotonin and serotonin is required for melatonin production so if we go back to the beginning with food if you don't have that if you don't have the good quality meat there in the beginning you can't have tryptophan you can't have serotonin and you can't have melatonin so you're going to be depressed you're going to be a miserable person and you're not going to be able to sleep very well too so it's just um for the <laughs> i'm meat not laughing avoiders. i'm just thinking to myself oh my gosh i can't even imagine like taking meat out of my diet what would happen to me i would just crash well i can tell you what happened because i went vegetarian and then vegan for two years and i saw every movie on netflix uh because i would wake up every night in the middle of the night and i could not go back to sleep for an hour or two sometimes three hours and for that whole two years i i literally saw every indie movie and blockbuster on netflix <laughs> Really? I'm, I'm not even joking because I, you know, it started with my pregnancy. Your hormones get all messed up and you kind of start waking up naturally um, but in the middle of the night. But then about six months after I gave birth, I decided to go vegetarian and it just exacerbated everything. And for years, literally for years, I did not get a good night's sleep until I went paleo. That's crazy. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, people, they don't have to eat just grass-fed beef. I mean, you can have eggs and poultry and you can have nuts and seeds too and if you have quality access you can have raw dairy too maybe that's why they always gave santa milk or something i don't know because you can get some tryptophan from it but oh yeah <laughs> so what is your number one tip to improve sleep uh i would say you got to get rid of the artificial light i mean it's bad stuff we live in a world where when it gets dark people go and run to turn on the light bulb and I mean it's just completely the opposite of what we've done for almost all I'd say 99.9% of human evolution and uh, it's really hurting us and so the light bulb's only been around about a hundred years but humans have been around you know according to who you listen to a million years plus in some shape or form and a hundred years is the blink of an eye you know, just just like um, our modern society has been here for a blink of an eye compared to the hunter-gatherer way of life. So, 
And I think if we start there, that's probably the best thing and the easiest thing that people can do to fix their sleep because some of the diet stuff and the blood sugar stuff that we could talk about, that's kind of overwhelming to people at first. But um, I've had Dr. Hansler, and Wendy, I don't know if you've listened to those episodes, uh, the guy from the Low Blue Light Institute on my, on my podcast twice. I did listen to one of those. Yeah, he's 88 years old, and he's been studying this stuff for 40 years, and now he feels guilty because he, he used to work at GE uh, developing brighter light bulbs for like, you know, like I said, 40 to 50 years. And then he finds out he's personally responsible for the sleep epidemic. Literally. I mean, yeah, he literally is. This guy can't sleep at night due to the stress. So I guess that's something to watch out for too. But so, um, artificial light at night is going to be disrupting your melatonin. And so I found out recently that not only your eyes, uh, pick up light, but your skin is sort of a, um, a sort of a clock also. So, you know, our, our skin is the biggest organ in the body and it does pick up light. So, I mean, uh, people that are, you know, not having a shirt on, I usually never wear a shirt, but unless I have to, but you know, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I'm with no, <laughs> for sure. I hate wearing, I hate wearing shirts, but you know, if I'm exposing my skin, my chest to artificial light at night, I'm screwing myself up there too as well as my eyeballs. So, um, I mean, it really does affect you. And I just now read a book that people need to read also. It's called Lights Out by T.S. Wiley. And what happens when we expose ourselves to so much artificial light at nighttime is we basically go through two days' worth of living in one day. And so literally, um, when the lights are on, cortisol production is up. It just has to be. That's the nature of light. That's what gets you up in the morning is light. That's what drives cortisol and what drives these rhythms. So as cortisol, our stress and go, go, go hormone is beginning to fall throughout the day and night, it's supposed to be getting lowest near midnight. And uh, not me, but a lot of people my age, they don't even start doing things until midnight. And so that drives cortisol way back up again. And you're just going to be burning through all of these extra hormones and chemicals. And so um, the way that uh, T.S. Wiley puts it in the book, she says, we can't cheat nature and we can't cheat time. And so um, while you may uh, go through two days in one day, that day has to come from somewhere. So it comes off the end of your life. So in effect, you're basically uh, speeding up the aging process. You're doubling, you know, you're doubling down with your time. So it's really interesting. But, um, Interesting. I wonder what what happens, you know, like my sister sleeps with the light. She sleeps with the light on in her room. I don't know what she's – and she sleeps with the television on. So I can't even imagine what her cortisol levels probably look like. Yeah. Is she – I mean is she stressed out all the time? You know, she doesn't sleep well and she, she handles – She I don't know. You know, with my sister, you can't really tell. Uh, she manages – seems to manage stress well. But, you know, a lot of people like that, they're internalizing it. So you never, I I really don't know. Her sleep isn't that great, but she has this thing where she sleeps with both the television and an artificial light on. Her boyfriend is, uh, like yourself, pretty knowledgeable and has changed all the light bulbs out in the house so that they are, uh, they aren't that unnatural light that you're talking about. But still, um, that's it. It's interesting. So, Evan, tell us about why it's important to sleep with blackout curtains. For me, I started sleeping with a sleep mask, and it has made all the difference in the quality of my sleep. Yeah, for sure. Uh, A sleep mask or the curtains are really awesome. I mean, we have so much light pollution in the cities now. I mean, 
you're all out in Los Angeles. You know, I'm here in, in Austin, and the city, city here is growing, not as big as Los Angeles, but it's growing, and there's lights everywhere. I mean, if people were educated enough about how small of an amount of light can actually affect you, and I'll tell you, they did a study where they shined a quarter size, just a quarter size light behind a guy's kneecap, and that was enough to suppress melatonin levels. And so knowing that, I really take it serious when it comes to light pollution. So, I mean, if you're you know, trying to sleep at night and there's a street light, regardless of the color shining in, that's going to affect you. And so... Uh, yeah, is that because you have light receptors on your skin? Yeah, I would say it's probably the skin or, I mean, the fact that your eyelids, you know, they're the thinnest skin on your body. And so they're very, very sensitive. I mean, you know, even if you have your eyes closed and your significant other gets up and turns the bathroom light on, you see that. I mean, your eyelids are so thin, so I'm sure they pick up on it too. But, yeah, I mean, you gotta you got to take the light serious. So even if you have a little charging light, you know, hopefully you're not keeping your phone right by your head. But if you are, please just cover up the lights on that stuff. Your VCRs, if anybody has those anymore, uh, Blu-ray players <laughs> and all that stuff. Everything has those little charging lights on it now. Most of the time they're blue LEDs which is the color of light that suppresses melatonin the most. So, um, yeah, like you mentioned, Lee, switching out the bulbs, that's a good thing to do, but light will still affect you. You know, even if you get a bulb and if uh, people can go look out at the store, you want something near 3,000 Kelvin, 3,000 K, you'll see it. If you can go less, if you can get something like 2,200 Kelvin, that's great. If you can get something like pure orange, like low blue lights carries, that's what you really want because that's going to affect you the least. But, um, yeah, lights, light time, uh, light time, nighttime lights are, are really crazy and they're everywhere. So it's just you got to be conscious about them. Yeah, I think for a lot of people because there's so many lights everywhere that you pretty much have to get blackout curtains in your bedroom and just block, block everything out. Yeah, and unless you live somewhere really awesome and you have some, some land or – you know, some open space behind you, behind your house or where your bedroom is to where you can naturally wake up. Because that's what's hard for me is when you black out the sun or block out the light, you're blocking out the sun too. So in the morning, it's still dark in your room. So, I mean, you have the choice to get those artificial sunrise lights. But I think it's just crazy how we have to recreate everything now because we've kind of messed it up. Yeah, so uh, I know for myself, because I do a lot of computer work, that I, I'm very hyper aware of when I'm being naughty. And I'm, uh, you know, I, I put my, my daughter to bed at like nine o'clock and I, I try to go to bed with her as much as I can um, and get a good night's rest. But there's many times that I've got a deadline and I got to get up and work. And I can tell, like, I always go to bed really easily at 9 o'clock. I put my sleep mask on. But when I get up and do computer work, it's really stimulating. I'm really stimulated by that light. And then it takes me, you know, an hour, 30 minutes to go to sleep once I do lay down at midnight or what have you because my melatonin has been suppressed. And I even use an Eflux, um, you know, light dimmer on my computer so that it's not as bright at night. Um, I think that's a really good thing to, to use if you are using a computer. Um, but it definitely does a, a negatively impact my sleep. Yeah, and you know, you can get those. Um, there's a company called Uvex, U-V-E-X, and everybody gets them now. And they're about $8. They're a pair of glasses. They look like safety glasses. They're really stylish. But 
Uh, they're on Amazon for like eight or nine bucks, and I think the model is 1933X, but it's that's what I wear. It's just kind of a sporty version of safety glasses that are orange and it's funny because if you test them you put them on you go look at a a blue led light it's you can't even really see it it's kind of like a really dim green color so it works for sure and those will make a huge difference i mean if your significant other is not willing to change the light bulbs or willing to reduce you know the amount of light in your home at nighttime you can at least wear those and save yourself and uh you know, melatonin fights cancer too. It's one of the most important antioxidants, most powerful antioxidants we have in the body. So, you know, it's not just for sleep. Yeah, it's easy to forget that. It, it's really, really important to sleep to fight cancer as well because you, you because of that melatonin factor. Yeah, well, oxytocin is a good one too. So, you know, if you're reducing your light exposure and cuddling at the same time you're like doubling your your cancer fighting ability so well, i don't know how uh, how cuddly you're going to be in those orange glasses evan hey it works you'd be surprised that's a good pickup line too you can just increase your oxytocin and your melatonin right now right now yeah yep. you're nerding out in those orange glasses yep. so what about the timing of sleep when is the best time to go to sleep 9 p.m and oh, I, right. I hit the nail crazy. on the head. <laughs> I, yeah. I go to bed at 8.45, so we're good. Oh, you Do beat you really? me. Whatever. Yeah. I'm the what? best sleeper ever. I don't know how that's possible, but I am. I am a great little sleeper. Wow. Well, good for you. Yeah, I mean, I'd say 9 p.m., 10 p.m., it, it gets kind of late. But in the summer, I'd say closer to 10 p.m. is good. And um, another quote that I'll pull from the uh, Lights Out book, the T.S. Wiley girl, she says, Uh, Yeah, going to bed at 9 o'clock, is it going to negatively impact your social life? And then she says, yes, but so will cancer and death. And I hate that she put it that blunt, but, I mean, that's true. And I like her. She's very dramatic like I am. Yeah, for sure. You should have her on the show. (laughs) We love drama. Yeah, she'd be a good guest. But no, I mean, yeah, 9 o'clock, just because your cortisol is starting to drop as your melatonin is starting to rise. I mean, it's a beautiful, if you ever look at like a chart of how these two hormones interact and intersect with each other, it's really interesting. But most people, uh, they get that second wind. They, uh, you know, right before they go to bed for some reason, the energy kicks back in. And that's just because your circadian clock is just off. Like you said, you're on the iPhone, you're on the computer, whatever it is. So if you do want to do that stuff, throw on those glasses I mentioned and you'll be protected. But you still got to be aware of it and just try to chill out your mind. Because another thing that people do, which I I don't even know if I wrote about in the book, hopefully I did, is the mental aspect of sleep to where people are so in a rush and they're so overscheduled with everything that they don't even – you know, we know what I'm saying. Like you get in autopilot mode, and you don't even cognitively think about what's going on until you lay down on the pillow. And so, right as you're entering that kind of alpha state, right there, that in between sleep and not sleep state, that's where the real thoughts happen. And then you think of stuff you need to do or stuff you need to write down. And then you could easily stay up an extra hour just thinking about everything that you put off all day. So, I think it's important to try to make a a bedtime routine also. So whether it's taking a a warm bath, you know, 30 minutes before sleep with some Epsom salt, maybe a couple drops of essential oils. I like eucalyptus and orange or, um, you know, just try to lay down and stretch out 
Maybe you could write a journal down, you know, write your emotions down, something like that. But if you could, you got to unload the brain. I think it gets overloaded throughout the day and, and that keeps you up too. Yeah, I used to be guilty of that. I would lay down and go to sleep and then I'd start thinking about, I got to do this, I'm going to do that tomorrow, and blah, 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 I'm going to write this down. And uh, it would prevent me from going to sleep. So now I have a practice where I kind of do a little meditation. I kind of do the Roy Masters observation meditation where I just train my mind to not let thoughts come in, you know, where I just kind of focus on looking inside my skull and just try to like meditate almost. And then it relaxes me and I go to sleep. Yeah, I've tried that since you told me about that method. The That's the one where you like think, put all your energy to your right hand. And yeah, mm-hmm. that's yeah, it works. It's, it's really cool. I did it outside the other day and it, it was kind of like, whoa. I didn't realize. I mean, it put me into a pretty good state quickly. I mean, the trees and everything just took a whole new dimension to them. I'm like, wow, I'm meditating that quick. Wow. Yeah, it really gets people, uh, you know, some people can have a pretty profound experience with it. They really start feeling a lot of energy and um, definitely it's very effective. Yeah. And so what is uh, what are some of the things that impair sleep? I mean, I hear a, a lot of my clients complain that, um, that they're not able to sleep, they wake up in the middle of the night, they have to go pee a bunch of times, and all kinds of, of uh, issues with sleeping. So what are some of the, the number one issues that people may not be aware of that impair sleep? Well, I guess I'll start with the one that everybody probably knows but they don't think about, and that's caffeine. I mean, depending on the person, studies have shown that caffeine can have a half-life of up to three days in your system. And so people that think their morning cup of coffee at 6 a.m. is not affecting them, it very well could be if you're a slow slow metabolism of caffeine. So that's a big one. I mean, for me, I'm pretty sensitive to anything. I don't know why. I guess maybe having a clean diet makes you more reactive to supplements and products, but a cup of coffee for me, even four to six ounces, I'm just, whoa, it cranks my switch up and I'm ready to go. But it can for sure affect your sleep and if you ever notice that people who smoke cigarettes, they're always, they always have a cup of coffee with them and that's because they're chasing the buzz because smokers metabolize caffeine 50% faster. And so it's no coincidence when you see, you know, somebody with a cigarette and a cup of Joe at the same time, it's just, they're, they're double trying to boost themselves up. And, um, also, and when you may have covered, uh, the negative effects of birth control, but birth control doubles the time that it takes to metabolize caffeine also. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. So it can take you up to 10 to 12 hours to complete the whole process of excreting caffeine. So, um, and pregnancy, um, you know, it takes nine to 11 hours to metabolize caffeine in pregnant women. And there was, there was one other thing I wanted to mention about it. Let me see if I can find it here. I think it was Asians that they metabolize caffeine super slow. Yeah, I don't have it here, but it's in the book, so maybe that'll be, give uh, people a reason to pick it up. Maybe that's something similar to how uh, you know a lot of Asians, just for whatever genetic reasons, don't metabolize alcohol as well either. Maybe there's something yeah. in that similar vein. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, I mean the other thing, like I said, people probably know about caffeine, maybe not that detailed into it but the big thing is just blood sugar and so if people haven't switched over to a more ancestral diet and you're having the blood sugar roller coaster go up and down that affects your sleep too just it all goes back to cortisol once again um 
So if you chase sugar, you boost your blood sugar up to, to make you feel good, give you pleasure, you know, insulin has to come out. Otherwise, that excess sugar will kill you. So the blood sugar plummets, gets shoved into the fat cells. Now blood sugar's too low and you're immobilized. And so cortisol has to shoot out to boost you up to get you moving again. And like we said, cortisol is the go-go hormone. So when blood sugar is not stabilized like it is in an ancestral higher fat diet, um, blood sugar goes haywire and so do your hormones. And so you're going to be stressed out on a hormonal level and you're going to be energetically pushed by your hormones too. So that's just another way that um, this way of eating can benefit you. Yeah, that's what I tell all my clients. Do not eat at night, um, especially if you're trying to lose weight. Because uh, even if you're eating, you know, I, I, you know, people do snack or say I snack. I try to eat like a fatty thing, like maybe a piece of cheese or a Parmesan crisp or something if I have to snack on something. Because, you know, it's not going to affect blood sugar as much. But... So now for those people that are eating at night, you know, and then they go to sleep after they eat, they're not going to sleep well. Like I know for myself when sometimes I've snapped and had like a piece of chocolate or something uh, before I go to sleep, I don't sleep well. And then I, I wake up in the morning coming off almost hung over, kind of a hung over feeling where I just, yeah. I haven't slept well. I had this sugar crash. I had to metabolize all this sugar and it definitely impacts sleep hugely. Yeah, for sure. And chocolate has caffeine in it too. Yeah. So you're getting, you're getting the boost there. But yeah, I mean, we talked about tryptophan a little bit, but uh, GABA is important too. And uh, I think we've talked about GABA on my show probably, which is the calming neurotransmitter. It's the brakes of the brain. And uh, many people in our society, we don't have enough GABA. So we have so much serotonin and dopamine, the go, go, goes but we don't have any slows. And so it's like a semi-truck with bicycle brakes. That's kind of how the modern human is now. And um, we have to have sulfur to produce GABA to create it. It's kind of the raw material. And so uh, sulfur-rich foods, you know, like broccoli, cabbage, onions, garlic, things like that, those have sulfur in them. And so those are directly, uh, they can directly then produce GABA. and that They have to be there. That sulfur has to be there to produce GABA. So Obviously, there's many reasons people don't have enough GABA just by excess stress and things like that. But um, GABA is just as important as tryptophan when it comes to having actually restful sleep. You know, it doesn't matter if you sleep eight hours if it's poor quality. I think that's one of the reasons that Xanax is so popular in our culture uh, or benzodiazepines because uh, benzodiazepam, sorry, um, because that stimulates GABA production to, to relax a person. That's crazy, isn't it? And alcohol, too, will boost GABA. Yeah, and so people are taking those instead of eating a healthy diet. And there's a lot of people that don't like garlic and onions. and Or they're not not—they're eating broccoli, but it's poor quality, so it doesn't have a lot of sulfur in it. Because um, I know like this broccoli at the grocery store doesn't have a, a tremendous... It has some sulfur, but not as much as it, it should. Like as, yeah. if you grow it in a garden and uh, there's the soil is really mineralized or whatnot... Um, uh, but I think people are, a lot of people just don't get enough sulfur, like you said. Yeah. I'm, I want to eventually start growing my own stuff. Cause like you tell me all the time, even if it's organic, who knows how much stuff's really in it. And that just kills me, you know? So I, I really want to try to take control of that and grow my own stuff one day. Yeah. I just know from my own experience, my uncle has this garden that I would love to talk about and he's been growing vegetables for 30 years 
And he gave me this broccoli one time. I went to his house and it stunk so bad. It stunk up my whole car. <laughs> it was, it was so, and it's the sulfur. And I hadn't, and it stunk up my whole refrigerator. And then when I ate it, then my fart stunk so bad. I cannot <laughs> even tell you. <laughs> and I was like, I had never experienced a vegetable like this. It profoundly changed me and my views on vegetables. Um, because I'd never had broccoli from the store stink up my whole car and my butt or whatever <laughs> like that. And uh, so I know that the, there's not as much sulfur as there should be in our vegetables at Whole Foods. <laughs> I'm so sorry that was TMI. But that I, is not I, TMI. That's why you're my friend. That's I so had to, awesome. I had to go there because that is the truth. You know, We need hey, more that- sulfur. Yeah, that's a good test. Smell your farts. That's a good yeah. test to know if your if your garlic is legit. You want you want to have stinky farts. I hate to break it to people, but if you're eating sulfur-rich foods and lots of vegetables, those microbes in your intestines are feeding on that, and you're supposed to be farting. That is the way it goes. Okay, that's the way it goes. But back to you said it's in cabbage as well. Is that is that correct? Yeah, it is. Okay. That's good. I have a I during my bodybuilding season, I tend to put a lot of cabbage as as one of the vegetables that I cabbage and broccoli, uh, not the stinky broccoli. I'm gonna have to go find that, but uh, cabbage in my diet. So I wonder if that's leading to you know better sleep, and I just didn't know about it. It definitely could be. Every everything adds up. You know, everything's a little a little piece to the puzzle. That's awesome. So what about supplements? What kind of supplements do people need to be taking to improve sleep? Yeah, this is the one that everybody just – I think I actually wrote that in the beginning of the chapter. I'm like, did you skip straight to this chapter because everybody <laughs> wants – you know, they want the quick fix. That's um, right. So there's many supplements. You know, there's some more serious ones that I could have mentioned, but I just – you know, I'm not a doctor obviously. So I wanted to keep it as simple and safe as possible for people and, you know, do the more uh, – not crazy, but, you know, the deeper things to myself – you know, as a self-experimenter, but uh, theanine is one of the best ones. I have sun theanine, which is kind of like the uh, the raw, or I guess like the first step of theanine. You know, straight from uh, the green tea. I, th- I don't know if it comes from the green tea leaves or how they actually manufacture it, but uh, theanine is just an amino acid once again, and that's why yoga and tea are linked up. Uh, maybe for profit, but also just because drinking tea can put you into that meditative state because of the theanine in there and theanine boosts GABA so um, 200 to 400 milligram capsules of theanine can be found everywhere you know but go for the sun theanine that's like a way higher version than some of the other ones but mostly all of all of these will work you know Uh, and you'll really feel it you know they have a i heard of a sublingual theanine that's supposed to be coming out by one of my friends companies and that that'll be pretty cool cuz it'll hit you much quicker than a capsule but uh you could start there magnesium which it's funny that magnesium is considered a supplement even though it's just something that you know should have been there but it's not but uh you know magnesium's a mineral and there's many forms of it some forms can give you more sleepiness than others and some are more for kind of helping out digestion and stuff like that so um, magnesium glycinate is a good one and I know Wendy you were a fan of pure encapsulations they have they have a magnesium glycinate that's really good and also 
magnesium citrate. So that's what I use. I use the natural calm. That's what I use too. Yeah, it's good stuff. It tastes delicious. And it gives you a little change up from drinking just pure plain water all the time. And I think I have like the raspberry lemon flavor sweetened with stevia. And I drink that. I'll just do a teaspoon or two of that. And if you do too much, you'll know because your poop will be too soft. But (laughs) Have some loose bowels. Yeah, that's a good test for people. But that'll really chill you out. So, I mean... I wouldn't drink it before you're going to go out with your friends. Uh, you know, when you're going out to the club, wearing your blue blocking glasses, of course. Um, I wouldn't drink magne- <laughs> I wouldn't drink magnesium before you go because that stuff will actually. I mean, it'll knock you out pretty pretty good pretty quickly. Um, fish oil. That's actually something that I didn't know before I started researching for this book. Is that uh, omega three supplementation? Of course, it improves depression, but it can imp- improve uh, sleep apnea too. So a lot of people, they did this study on people and figured out that many of them were helped just by a high-grade fish oil. So that's something that you can do. Uh, tryptophan, you could just do a straight tryptophan supplement. Um, that's good for you. Uh, I'd say around 500 milligrams for tryptophan. You know, I've tested different different levels, and that's what seems to work for me. Of course, everybody's different. Um Vitamin D is another one, and I'm not exactly sure like what or how vitamin D has actually contributed, but I've just I've looked at all the studies and read, okay, vitamin D has improved people, looked at the charts, saw the improvement in sleep quality, and like, okay, this has to be in there. But to be honest, I'm not exactly sure how that helps. Maybe you do, Wendy. You know, I am I not off the top of my head. I don't know. I mean, vitamin D does so many different things and facilitates so many processes in our body. Uh, but I don't know offhand about sleep. Yeah, it, it's complex with vitamin D. It's like, you know, trying to isolate one thing that it does is it's kind of hard. Like magnesium, you know, you could say directly that it helps sleep, but I've read upwards of four hundred uh, uses that the body has for magnesium. So it's kind of interesting you know you could say anything can be helped by magnesium or vitamin d probably yeah yeah i know one thing i do with my clients is you know a lot of my clients are fairly ill when they come to see me and they um when i put them on nutritional balancing programs and i know in my own experience once i put them on 750 milligrams of chelated calcium citrate and 450 milligrams every day of chelated magnesium citrate they start, you know, it's divided in three doses over the course of the day with each meal. And they can take more of that at night if they need to. But they start sleeping like babies. I mean, when, oh, yeah. I, when I started taking those relaxing minerals within a couple weeks, I was sleeping through the night, which I had not done for years because of my pregnancy and then my, my crazy stint as a vegetarian. And um, I, I, I was amazed at how those minerals relax you and how profound the effect was in my sleep. So that's one thing I recommend personally to people having sleep issues is a lot of people take calcium, but they don't take enough and they don't take the right form because chelated forms are, uh, you know, they're attached to an amino acid. So it's a form that's more absorbable by the body. Yeah, that's really a good point. I mean, it's, it's just as powerful as the sleep medication that people are probably taking i mean not like i said not that i'm a doctor i can't tell you to quit taking your medications but i mean if people found out that just some simple simple minerals could help them sleep instead 
I don't know. It might be a sigh of relief for, for a lot of people. It's, it's profound. Like I'm amazed at the effect. Even sometimes when I have anxiety, um, I will pop a, a calcium magnesium and it, it will calm me right down. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, for sure on the label. I don't even know until the other day that they make the natural calm here in Austin. I wonder if they'll let me come in and take a tour and maybe, I don't know, interview them in their lab or something. That'd be cool. But, yeah, I mean, they call it the anti-stress drink too. So uh, PMS and stuff like that's also helped by magnesium uh, supplementation. Yeah, for sure. That calcium, magnesium, and even zinc, <coughs> all those, I, I tell my clients to take those more, you know, uh, more towards the end of the day to relax them and they just relax right into sleep every single client one after the other they all sleep like a baby within a couple weeks of uh, supplementing that that's awesome it's the way it should be yeah yeah so are there any other tips from the book that you can give the listeners about how to get better sleep i would just say be aware of what you do in your bedroom i mean keep your bedroom to sleep and sex only and if you are watching tv or if you're sitting on the iPad playing or checking the emails from the bed, I mean, your brain is, it's, it's a creature of habit. It loves habit. It creates pathways towards happiness and pleasure, which is why it's so hard for people to make real change because the sugar addiction or, uh, I mean, I actually, I'm, I'm actually writing about like internet porn now and how that affects, how that's not really paleo, you know, it's funny to, to word it that way, but how... <laughs> But I've how, never uh, heard it worded that way. <laughs> yeah, but so you know, I, I won't I won't go too off off tangent here. But basically, how we are exposed to so many different people, we can see so many different women or men that we've never would have saw before, and that's really addicting and pleasurable to the brain. The same way it is for sugar and stuff. If if you carve that carve this pathway in your brain, and it knows every time you pop up the computer. Uh, you're going to go to Facebook. That's pleasurable in itself. And so um, combine that with doing that in your bedroom, your brain's not going to know to relax. It's not going to know it's time to lay down and rest and go to sleep. It's going to be time to get up and look at people. And um, actually, there's a, a, a therapy called Faces Therapy. I don't know if you all have heard of this, but you can actually watch this video and it's just showing a bunch of human faces and it's supposed to stimulate serotonin and actually make you feel happier you know for people that are really lonely or feel like they have no friends you can watch this video and it's recommended not to watch it at night because daytime uh, is the time when normally we would be socializing with others and nighttime you would probably only be with your significant other and so that's why in my book I recommend not watching TV shows and stuff before you go to bed because you could be watching a murder show which is going to you know stimulate some adrenaline and stuff anyway but looking at the faces of the people that's telling your brain that it's time to socialize and that's a little bit more kind of woo woo for people but it's really not I promise you it does make a difference and so um, long story short keep the bedroom for sleep and sex and don't lay around all day in it just chilling you know if you're going to take a nap take a nap if you're going to sleep sleep and that's it get up get out and you know, program your brain to be awake in other parts of the house. I know I'm very stimulated when I stay up and I watch Scandal. Totally ruins my sleep. <laughs> it's too too stimulating. Yeah, I haven't seen that, but it sounds like it would be for sure. Yeah, it's a it's a good show. It's one of my favorite shows. I'm like guilty pleasures. Yeah, one of many. Yep, I know. 
So what about you, Slee? Do you, uh, so you said you don't have any issues with sleep? You know it's so, I, I, I think at times, you know, for the most part, I really don't have any issues with sleep. But one of the things I was telling Wendy is earlier this year, as I went into uh, a bodybuilding competition I was up for, I changed my diet. I've been a clean eater. I eat more paleo-like. I still eat uh, grains, but I am a higher fat, higher protein eater. Um, and ate uh, totally clean. I decided to switch my diet over to this thing called IIFYM. It's kind of the brand new trend of how you're able to eat crap and stay lean, honestly. Really? <laughs> I mean, it, it, here's the thing about it. If done properly, it's not, that is not the diet. That's where it's just like with when you see primal and paleos, people eat bacon all the time. It's somebody doing it the wrong way. Okay, right. so IIFYM, with the opportunity in there is you get uh, given exact macros for your fat, for your protein, uh, and for your carbohydrate needs and fiber, and then you have to hit all of those goals. Now, you should eat about 80-20 clean. Um, that's kind of what the goal is. What happens is it introduces things back into people's systems like Pop-Tarts that have insulin spiking issues and and I decided I was going to follow this diet just to see if I could stay lean and eat stuff that I like. What happened was my my skin started to look terrible. I had poor sleep and I was moodier than I have ever been in my entire life. And I'm pretty moody. So I became erratic moods, uh, having trouble sleeping, which I had never had trouble with before. And it's not IIFYM, so I want to say it's not the diet. It's the way that I was doing the diet. It was incorporating processed foods again to see how that affected my body if I could stay lean but I was leaving out all the important things like you know it's kind of an uneducated way to do it I was leaving out all the important things like how's this going to affect my health my my well-being my sleep and um and my mood and it it affected all those areas so I'm back to uh, my original plan which is a more of a clean eating diet uh without all of that processed anything in it um, yeah, that's a good point. I actually, I, I've thought about that before, but I haven't talked too much about it on my show. Just the 20% rule. I mean, who knows what people are adding back in? I mean, if you're 80% gluten-free, that's that's nothing. You know, it doesn't matter. 1% gluten is, is gluten, you know? So right. you can have exposure from one time. Like uh, this lady who came on my show, which Wendy, I think she's came on yours too. I'm not sure. Beverly Meyer? Yes, yeah, she was on the show. Okay, yeah, she said that uh, she. Her, I mean, her diet is just ridiculously clean. She was a hundred percent gluten free from what she knew, and she was still having. I don't know if it was depression or brain fog or something. And she found out that the feed that she was holding in her hands to feed her horses had gluten in it, and just that small exposure by touching it with her hands was enough to break out and be moody and depressed and I, I was blown away by how sensitive you could actually be to this stuff so yeah that's a good point about the pop tarts I thought about those the other day and I was like man I remember when I was a kid I would take the brown sugar cinnamon ones and put them in the microwave and they would just be so soft and gooey and delicious at the time but I don't yeah. think it'd be worth it and here's the thing is like you know I've always been a bloody knuckles type of girl like I want to learn the hard way or or I want to know personally how it affects me some of those things, obviously, like long-term health, we can't actually see how they're affecting us until later. But I kind of made this decision, I want to see how I feel. That's what I always tell Wendy this. I go I go a lot of times, how does this make me feel? How are my moods? I try to 
now that I'm older, watch myself and, and, uh, you know, watch internally what's going on with me mentally focus, uh, how, how can I lift better? Um, and, and those carbs, like you said, there's some instant gratification that occurs. It's a high, there's a high in sugar that occurs for me. So yeah, I might be able to lift in that moment a little bit more or feel like I'm getting that high, but the crash that comes with it and the roller coaster that started to occur. And honestly, you know, as a woman, I don't want my skin to look bad. <laughs> so the fact that I started to see all of these things occurring just from eat, introducing those corn syrups and starches and things back into my system that I wasn't used to, uh, was enough for me to say, okay, I'm going to retract what I'm doing and I'm going to get back to what I know, you know? So, uh, that's, that's the difference that, that it made for me for sure. And sleep was part of that, you know, sleep is definitely part of that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Skip the pop tarts. I mean, I, I thought about it. I was like, man. And also, you know, that was one of the things that I found out as a kid that would just keep me going at night. So when I was like 13 playing video games, I was using the TV, of course, the light from that to keep me up. And then I was just fueling myself with warm cinnamon Pop-Tarts. So I'm sure it <laughs> great combination. <laughs> I, I, in my lifetime, I've eaten hundreds of uh, strawberry Pop-Tarts. Yeah. So bad. Oh. Yeah. So, Evan, where can we find your book? It's at rimrehab.com, R-E-M, rehab. And it's there. It's actually you can pre-order it right now. So I don't know. I don't know when this show airs, but it'll be out March twenty seventh, two thousand fourteen. But you can pre-order it right now. And we actually have a bunch of people pre-ordering, which is pretty exciting because that means people need help. And I think it may be a white elephant in the room that people are talking about all this other stuff during the day to optimize your energy and productivity and coffee, coffee. But nobody's talking about the chill out time. So hopefully this will help people. Um, if you go there to Rim Rehab and you pick it up, the there's one version, just the basic version of it, and you get just the ebook and then the support group that we made for it. But if you get the bigger version of the package, you'll get the audio book too, which I'll be recording myself. And so that should be pretty fun. But um, And then there's going to be a support group for that too. And then Kevin is giving away uh, – he, he wrote a – an ebook sometime last year. I think he sells it for like twenty five bucks, but he's giving it away for free to people who pre order. And it's called Eight Unhealthy Eating Triggers. And he's he's real big into like psychology and stuff. And so he talks about kind of the mental aspects that keep driving people back to do bad habits they know they shouldn't do and stuff like that. And so you can get that for free along with this one if you buy it. So that's just a extra little marketing tactic to see if people will. Uh, We'll get the combo because there's good information in there. Yeah, and there's also a link on your site on notjustpaleo.com. I've seen that. It's a really nice-looking book cover. So I congratulations, congratulations, Evan. It's, I'm really excited for you that you've written a book and you have such a popular podcast, the Not Just Paleo podcast. It's I've seen it up there on the number 25 on health and iTunes. So congratulations you're doing great work and i you deserve the success that's coming to you oh well thanks wendy i appreciate it yeah i mean you've been here the whole time with me you know since the beginning you're one of my first guests on my show i saw you i'm like oh man this chick looks so smart let me get her on my show and <laughs> yeah i uh i've been on i'm happy i've been on there six times i can't believe it's been it was six times that's crazy. Yeah, people should check that out if they haven't already. That'll give more reason to check out my podcast. All right, that was it. 
I hope you enjoyed it. That was a pretty funny episode now that I listen back to it. But if you want to check out the book and pick up your copy, there is the ebook version, which I hate to really call it an ebook. It's more of an action guide because it's step by step telling you how to design your bedroom, how to design your lifestyle for optimal sleep. So let's we'll call it an action guide because I think that's really what it is. And the audio book that I recorded uh, was recorded at a professional audio recording studio, which if you think the podcast quality of my voice sounds good, obviously it wasn't in this because I used a recording uh, that she had from Skype, but my general podcast, the quality is even higher than that. So if you're kind of an audio freak, you're going to love it. But anyway, it's available at REM Rehab, R-E-M-Rehab.com. If you go there, you're going to see some really cool stuff because there's a course that's going to be coming out all about sleep just because I realize people are miserable and they're miserable during their waking life because their sleeping life is horrible. So as soon as you get to Rim Rehab, you're going to see a really cool, uh, probably one of the best website designs out there uh, talking about this course. And then you'll see the tab that says book, and then you can go ahead and pick up the book and then we're going to let you know when this course is out. And it's going to be more hands-on stuff just because I don't like people to buy stuff or buy a book. You read it, you get kind of inspired or motivated, and then you just put it on the bookshelf with all your other paleo books, and then you don't do anything about it. You know, I don't want that. I want this to be different. I don't want it to be lumped into anybody else's category or anybody else's niche or anything. This is just, I want it to be straight-up action-based, so... Anyway, that's my little mini rant on that. So thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. It's always fun for for me to uh, share my interviews and stuff like that. So I'll talk with you next week. And hit me up if you have any questions, and I hope to see your review on iTunes. Thanks for everybody who's left reviews lately. It's really helpful, and it does keep me going when I see good reviews on there, and then it helps other people find the podcast because it keeps me up in the top 25 or top 50 chart, you know, depending on the week. So thanks again. Bye. He acts like it's a boy, yeah, like everything's cool Kiss a girl the night and then he leaves her She doesn't have a clue that he's terrible blues Why I'm in the tire, got to watch out, girl Don't wanna see her by her eyes out, girl Cause I've been watching, you've been hurting Let me be the one that loves you better